Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's that special time once again for the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. And it will be airing live momentarily. This is that place to ask those special questions about PCs, technologies, with your computer, iPhone, and those smart devices designed to work at home and in the office that's supposed to make life easier. We welcome your questions tonight. And please help me welcome the CEO and founder of the Jaymore Connection, Inc., and the star of tonight's show, Mr. John C. Morley. Check us out more at jmor.com. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is a fine Monday evening, and month October. I was thinking uh, last week, you know, with a lot of the talk coming on with Windows 10, which we'll get more into Windows 10, which is a um, inevitable reality uh, that's um, not as bad as it was before. So we'll talk more about that. But I want to say tonight that we're going to talk about Windows 7. And a lot of things that you still wish you knew how to do because you're still in Windows 7 because maybe you haven't upgraded and we're going to go down and we're going to talk about all of them. So we're going to talk about the, the back end and how the system security works, how network and internet work, network work, how hardware works, work, family safety, appearance of personalizations, clock language and region, ease of access, and, of course, our summary. So again, here, it's very, very easy. All you do is go to your little whereby called called the little circle. You can type control right there and then click on control panel. Very easy. For example, or you can just click on your orb and you can go right there to where it says um, icon there. Basically, it says uh, the orb. And then if you go to the right side, you'll see like the, the console a little bit, it has like a little bit of black on it. You're going to go to that and you're just going to click on where it says control panel. And you're going to be brought to the exact same spot. Now, first of all, you're going to know that the control panel is actually organized in a couple uh, different ways to make it easier. For you. So I think it's important that we talk about this. We only talk about Windows 10, which we'll be talking about soon again. You're going to understand the familiarity, uh, familiarity say, with um, there for a between the two, and we'll be able to make it really easy for you. At the top, we have something that is view by category. So you can do view by category, which I tend to like. Then there's the large icons. And then you have small icons, okay? That list of stuff. And then you have over here, you have something that are called category. For example, let's say I want to know where program installation was. I could just type in install. Type in, let's say, uh, install. I'll see in my list, has everything has to do with install, program features. I can um, actually uninstall programs. And the easiest way to do that is I could go over here and I could just type it at the and I'm greeted with my program features, uninstall or change your remover program. Okay, so that's how that works. So let's talk about system and security. So system security is actually broken down into three components: review your computer status, backup computer, and find a fix. So let's click on system and security. So system and security, we have something called the action center. The action Center is where you are prompted to take action because something may be happening on your computer that you may not be aware of your attention. 
It's called the action center, and it pops up at the right uh, hand side of your screen um, just by your clock. So, action center, some categories. Now, there's even some more categories in here. So I said that they broke down into system and security, has view, your computer status, backup computer, and find and fix problems. So it actually breaks, into, breaks down to a little more than that. System security, um, okay. when we get to system and security, we're going to see that there's a lot of other options here. But we're going to talk about the layer because, again, they're part of this system control panel. In the action center, if I click on that, I can immediately see uh, the status right now. There's no issues have been found, um, have been detected by the actions. So if there were security issues, I could see what they were. It would tell me if there were maintenance issues, it would tell me. Troubleshooting. Uh, troubleshooting, click on troubleshooting, and basically prompted with a bunch of options, which will run wizards. Run programs made for previous versions of Windows. Um, so if I click on that option, for example, uh, it actually allows me to make a program uh, compatible. But what it really does is it, it creates the PIF, uh, a format file, and, and that's a configuration file that allows you to run uh, programs in um, the older versions of Windows in newer versions of Windows. So it, it adapts that compatibility. We have something here called hardware and sound. Um, we have, um, so that, cause, so we have a little troubleshooting. We have, we have, we like I just wanted to show you what trouble troubleshooting computer problems. So I can just click on the top. You notice kind of like little uh, the words you can click on and it takes you right back to control panels. But you're gonna notice something. It actually doesn't bring me back to my um, my category. So that's uh, that's important to know. So under system and security, we have something here uh, that's under also under system security, we have something called you know, So right now, I can currently see that my home or my work um, networks, let's just say, are set up with a certain condition, and my public networks um, set up with a certain condition. So right now, I'm connected to a public network. I'm also connected to a private network. It tells me that as well. On the Windows status side, it's set so that my firewall is on. Uh, I have it set to notify me when Windows firewall blocks a program so that I can be aware of it. The firewall protect my computer. Well, what it does is it has rules to disclose. So firewalls can help prevent um, basically hackers or basically this malicious software you might be familiar with worms, and we've talked about this in other episodes to get access to your computer uh, or the internet because what it does is it traps it because it doesn't meet a certain condition. So we monitor certain ports and it creates this type of a barrier so that this particular um, program cannot communicate on a certain port or anything coming in on a certain port. If it's not in the firewall allow list, it's going to block it. So I'm not going to really get into firewalls. I wanted to show you just where that was. Now, if I click on system and security, I'm back here. It says check firewall status, and it says allow program through fire windows firewall. If I click on that, I'm actually going to be greeted with a little bit of um, kind of like a little wizard here. It says allow programs to communicate, and what I would do is I would pick the program that I want, for example, if I click on a particular program, um, I can actually see if I click on details what it is. If I click on change settings, I can actually go ahead and I can change the settings uh, for a particular. So you know something here, something says home and something says on here, uh, homework, private and public. So that's just um, where you want to allow through. So if it comes through 
trust it. If it's on a homework work, uh, do I want a public network? For example, like your Wi-Fi, you go to uh, some networks um, outside of your home or office, those are going to be public networks. So I can very easily uh, add a program, select a program, um, and I add that to my list. Uh, I can pick another program, I can change settings, and when I click change settings, which I have to do before I can do anything, then I say allow a program. I pick the program that I want to allow through, which is very easy, but you have to first change settings. If you don't do that, you can't go into getting. So let's say I wanted to allow, I have a program on here called um, Artesian ATN Network set up for my Epson ATN Network inkjet uh, printer. Your printer needs to have a port open because if it's not open, and now I try to maybe scan something, Windows is not going to allow that to go through because it's going to block the port and it's malicious. But again, normally the program that you install it with will have that in the driver to allow and say, we love to allow this program to make changes to your firewall. You always want to say yes. If you say no, there's a good chance that things are going to be blocked, like communication, like how much ink is left in your um, cartridge. Uh, if you're low on paper, if there's something else mechanically wrong that needs user uh, intervention. Or the other thing would be if you're trying to do a scan and the scan won't actually come back to your computer because you're blocking a port. So I'm going to cancel out of here. I'm anything. So under the system, and that's under um, the first section, which is system security. So we have action, we have Windows firewall. System, ladies and gentlemen, is actually very, very, is actually the same thing. If you hit the Windows key, ladies and gentlemen, and you actually hit the pause key at the same time, it is the same thing going to this option, clicking system, or going to computer, clicking and going to properties. And what you can see on this screen is you can see the name of your computer, you can see um, the full name of your computer, any description if you've given it, any of the work group, if you're a member of a work group, how much RAM is installed in your computer, what type of operating system you have on here, what kind of processor you have, what is your Windows experience like? Give you rating on uh, your equipment and how well it performs to the benchmarks and give you a rating uh, to how well uh, you're actually using uh, on, your, uh, on, your ben on the benchmarks that were established. Uh, it'll tell me whether Windows is genuine at the bottom right. It'll tell me if Windows is activated. So I have that great thing. I have things like I have my device manager. I'm not going to get into this because I could spend a whole session just on device management. This is where I can turn on and off and allow computers to connect with me, such as if I was a network and I wanted people to my computer. Uh, let's just say for now, just locally, not even off the net, just on the network. Um, whatever. Commonly, sometimes in office or law offices where they may not have want to put a monitor or have room for a monitor in their server closet, so they'll set up um, a remote desktop, and you'll be able to tunnel right into it and uh, make any kind of updates, installs, or manages without having to have a monitor there. Do you want to allow computers uh, connections from computers running any version of Windows desktop, such as if they have to be just your computer remote desktop with network level authentication, which is more secure. And then you also have to go and keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, and pick user. Okay? If you're not on a 
full-fledged server and you're doing this, you do have to pick the users that are on this machine so that when the people actually go back or you try to go back and connect to that uh, exact or you will not be able to get in because the account that lets you get in is actually stored on the local computer in this case, not on the actual network. So we have something called system protection. Um, so under system protection, we have a couple tabs here. System protection, um, what does system protection do? System protection allows you to undo system changes over uh, your computer to a previous restore point. So you can figure, for example, I have it turned on my drive, but on my system driver folder, I don't have it on. So if I look at the configuration under, under my Windows C directory, um, I'm currently using 2% of my hard disk space, which is 10 gigabytes. That many restore points, but I am saving a few. Okay, keep in mind that if you increase that number higher, you decreased it to 100%, you'll be using 4 to 47 gigabytes. So that can be a slight problem. So one or two percent, if I do 10% uh, on my particular, again, it's going to be different on everybody's installation. It's 44.78 gigabytes. Again, what it's doing is it is taking a look at what your system is and when you're using that it's how much it's going to take to create a what they call a restore point more than a marker and let's say a bookmark to some files that are going to restore you back to the way your computer was prior to you installing the driver settings not alter your data so if you let's say worked in a database or you changed word it has nothing to do with that it just has to do with the Okay. Uh, again, nothing to do with user data. So that's where that that's where that comes from. Create a restore right now for the drive. It would restore point right now for uh, for what I'm doing. So very handy, very easy, very simple. And I often recommend that you do create a restore point because if you're going to do a lot of installations and let's say your program didn't create the restore point automatically, you want to go ahead and create the restore point just so you have it. It's a good thing to do. Only take a few minutes to. And it will definitely save you a lot, a lot of time. So uh, we also have and then we have something here called advanced system settings. So advanced system settings break down into various uh, profiles and start from So in the performance area, we can actually let Windows choose what's best for my computer, and And you don't have a lot of RAM, you can actually do adjust for best performance, adjust, um, adjust for appearance, uh, and it de-check many boxes so that you can see. For example, if I do for best performance, it basically does it automatically. Um, and if you do let Windows right now, it uncheck my save taskbar thumbnail previews because that wastes resources. There's another one here called custom. If you do custom, then whatever you check is what's going to be checked. Um, I like the what Windows manage it because it depends on your resources to what it's going to allow, and it does a pretty good job, to be honest with you. Under advanced, do I want to choose to allocate processor resources uh, to resources? Uh, generally, you're probably going to want them to be programs, um, but again, that's a call up to you. Aging file. That's nothing more than a 
temporary area, we call it a swap file, which is where it actually writes working and able to call it back. For example, let's say I'm working on a program and my screensaver comes up. Well, what it does is it writes everything I'm working to file. Or I move a key, or I move my mouse, or Qualipad, it actually quickly uh, reads, reads the from the desk and also deletes it from that area. So that's how that works. There's something called data execution prevention. Um, I've been having time from viruses and, and other types of security threats, and you're probably wondering, well, how does it work? So deep DP data has been on for a while. It's kind of feature, and it helps prevent damage, as I mentioned, to be um, attributed to viruses and other security threats. So that would attack Windows by, let's say, um, tricking it into running uh, certain kinds of executable code from your computer's memory. The Windows and certain authorized programs, um, they can detect these kinds of attacks. By monitoring programs to make sure that they use computer memory safely. If they don't, uh, it will immediately shut them right down and protect um, anything before they cause the damage. So that's really important. Uh, you should have DEP turn up. By default, that is on. You should have. We talked a lot here on the um, control panel. And so, system and security actually, even though I mentioned to you, review your computer status, back up your computer, and find and fix problems. So, when you look at this list, this is one thing I, I don't like about this list in Windows. Is it has those things listed in order, but it doesn't. Um, and I would like it if it actually listed all these options. You could just go to them really quick. Again, have your backup and restore for a basic option. Um, and this is all under your system and security. Also, under system and security, um, the question is, what else is there? Well, you have your problems. You have time upgrade if you want that, such as if you want to upgrade to a later version. Um, again, not so much a Windows 7, but that's what that was there. You can do things like space to fragment your hard drive, create and format hard disk partitions, uh, view event logs, and so um, like I'm using a proprietary, I'm using Lenovo, and on the Lenovo laptops, The ability to make a Lenovo factory restore media because they don't give you discs. Uh, this one has Lenovo health and diagnostics, Lenovo airbag protection. You're probably laughing. What's airbag protection? Well, that's a great question. Airbag protection your hard drive very quickly and easily so that no damage happens. So, for example, uh, the minute it detects a shock, it shuts down my hard drive. So, for example, I have a protection cable, like the um, bag is, is, is on monitor or is enabled, and it's on high right now. So, um, it's going to actively ignore frequent repetitive shocks, such as those experienced. Like if, I, like if I'm in a train and that happens, it will know, it, it knows the difference between those shocks. Uh, as long as you have the shock. I to manually suspend the active protection system. Sure, I can do that. Uh, to improve access to the hard disk, you can use a tablet. That would be a tablet. 
notification allows only users with administrative privileges to modify these settings for that is going to cause damage to your computer, you'll be able to very easily and simply, otherwise your hard drive could be suffering um, a lot of um, hits and blows over time hard drive and even cause fatalities such as loss of data. So we're still in the system area now. Uh, there's a lot we can do with the system area. So when we're in system, one of the things we want to do is view the amount of RAM and processor speed. So again, we just remove the Windows key and the pause key. Uh, we can check the Windows Experience Index, which brings us to basically uh, the screen. But what it does now is actually just brings us one screen down. So it can explain to us what's going on. So actually, what is it? in performance and maintenance. As before, when we go into RAM and processor, okay, um, we can actually see what's going on. If we click on processor calculations per second, what's the subscore of that? What's our memory? What's our graphics like? Game experience. And then what it does is it takes the average and it gets a base score. And the base score is how it comes up with your um, experience index. Okay. So, again, pretty easy. So, this is all under system. Okay, so I wanted to give you a little bit of an idea how that works. So let's jump back to control panel again, and um, let's take a look at network. And now you have syntax, choose home group and sharing options. So if we click on network and internet. Okay, so we click right on network and internet. You're going to bring me up to another menu with some other choices. On my right-hand side, I see network and sharing center. I see my home group. I see my internet options, the wireless tools. So under network and sharing center, I have a few little uh, hyperlinks there, such as view network status, tasks, network, computers, devices, and add a wireless device to the network. So if I click on view network status and tasks, it acts as a network and sharing center, it brings me right to the exact same screen. If I click on connect network, which you would normally see when you click on the little wireless area and uh, just got some email and um, add a wireless device to the network click on that that just allows me to add a device to the network okay if we click on network and sharing center we're actually reading we have information so on the left we'll have the name of your computer in the center we're actually going to have the name of the And then on the right, you're actually going to have the internet. Okay. Move my network. I'll tell you, and you'll be able to tell very easily from the right whether it's internet connection type. It'll say whether it's a wireless, and then the name of the SSID. And then on the bottom, you have some options such as set up a new connection or network, connect to a network, choose home group or sharing options, and troubleshoot. Let's go to choose home group and sharing options, okay? So let's just go into there for a second. So if I click on there, well, the reason for that is uh, I have not enabled, um, I haven't enabled anything to, and then what I'm able to do is I'm actually able to set up a, I'm able to set up a 
phones are very handy. Um, you know, they, they allow you to connect to a particular computer with a password that's assigned to you, and then the computer just connects to that group. So it's like connecting to a computer, but the nice thing about a home group can be established, and it, it's not user-specific. It's just an account for the home group. So that's where that came from. That's been around for uh, it's been around for a little while. And the nice thing that I like about home is because you don't have to actually share anything on the computer and actually add a user to it. Uh, you still have to share the option. It makes it very very simple to connect to those files and other shared resources. For example, I have a printer. We have a color laser printer. And color laser printers are not that inexpensive. So maybe I have one of those in my office or my home. So the family can use it. Well, I could create a home group if it wasn't already on the network. Now, the best way to do it would be to actually take a CMYK, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black, but to have one that actually connects directly to the network, and it should be connected to LAN. Yes, you can connect them wireless, but keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, the more things that you try to put on your... So, for example, if you have a wireless network, and let's just say you added these smart thermostats, and let's just say that you have Wi-Fi connectivity, and there's quite a few people are using laptops and tablets. I'm not talking one or two, but maybe 10 or 12. Your Wi-Fi that is your network to drop down if you have very basic Wi-Fi. So you have to make sure things are provisioned correctly so it doesn't actually steal from your equipment. But I'm bored with, uh, with that topic right now. So we talked about the home group. We have something called Internet Options. Again, Network Internet. Under where I have my ability to change my home page. Now, if you change your home page on something, this is actually not for Firefox, it's only for IE. So Internet Explorer has a built in internet into network that's kind of funny. so it'd be nice if they had a plug in for Firefox so you could just go here and didn't have to go through Firefox and manage it, but Microsoft did things so you choose with tabs in the last session, start with the home page. Again, these are all options. Uh, they're just there. How tab settings can be figured, when a pop-up is encountered, what to do, open links from other programs in, etc. Uh, new window, new ticker, window, take a your start your computer. So, very easy to use. Um, Security, privacy, content, connections, programs, advanced. We've talked about that before. I'm not going to get into all that tonight. But I have something here called the Lenovo Internet Connections Wizard. Now, what the Lenovo Internet Connections, uh, Lenovo actually has their own, uh, not only driver, but they have their own management utility to be able to manage what they call um, access connections. And that can do things like my Wi-Fi. If my laptop had mobile broadband, it could actually talk to mobile broadband's uh, communications such as 3G, 4G. Uh, do I connect through a wire? And I can set profiles so that when I'm at those profiles, it can automatically manage uh, those connections. Plus, it also gives me a nice uh, 
network that are broadcasting and not just my network. But remember, when you're part of a Wi-Fi network, if people are broadcasting their uh, ID, which is the default, and I don't recommend it, because the name is just being broadcasted all over the place. And, you know, that it should be, you know, maybe you don't want that name to be known. Um, certain networks can be broadcast and other ones So you can control and you can, can change that um, as much as you want. But, you know, I just want to give you that. So I can set up a mobile hotspot if I had a mobile hotspot and I can actually make uh, make mobile hotspot to basically turn my connection to my password. And I've turned my uh, device, I turned this into a mobile hotspot if I have the appropriate mobile hotspot device and connected. So I'll X out of there. And then we have the Intel ProZet wireless tools. Pretty cool. Uh, the wireless, uh, you could import uh, profiles. And it's just a way of managing Intel wireless. Uh, my particular device, just to show you, I'm going to drop over to the device manager, which I can through system or can write computer to get it and go to devices. If I go to network adapters, you'll see that I have several adapters. I have the Intel dual band wireless. I have an AC7260, and I also have my Intel e Ethernet connection um, I217-LM, and then I have adapters in the PO. An adapter, and then I have, in my case, I have a four-net virtual adapter for some other things on there. And the nice thing is, that, you know, you can actually use this to manage things very easily. So keep in mind that just because you have one, uh, you may have the device uh, is your um, LAN connection. You may have a separate device that is going to be your wireless connection. And I know. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you stay right where you are, because I'll be right back after this short one. Thanks. Have data that needs to be destroyed? Don't take a chance. Let the experts at the JMore Connection completely destroy and eliminate your data. For over 15 years, JMore has been helping companies all over New Jersey with data security, destruction, and IT needs. Call 877-767-5667. JMore meets federally mandated data disposal policies. Call 877-767-5667 now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just joining us, this is the Tech Show, episode 39, and we're talking about the Windows 7 control panel. That uh, kind of just uh, area that maybe some of us have gone into, but don't really know why we went there or where something was, and it's like this It's not quite that cryptic because it's pretty easy to use. So we're talking about the network and the internet. You click on network and sharing center. Um, you can go into where it says manage um, your wireless networks, and here you can actually go in there and you can actually choose to right-click and you can actually remove the network, rename it, or you can move it down in its priority order. What do you also do? Go to where settings. Ladies and gentlemen, that you may have multiple adapters in your computer. You may have a local connection, you may have another connection, you may have other connections, such as other LAN connections, other wireless connections. 
So it's very important that you choose to make any changes. Uh, I just chose my connection right now, and I can see what my connection is. I can see my network, and I can actually see uh, what's happening, and I can see that I'm currently this routine I do automatically. If you were setting up static, this is where you would actually change the information. Okay. So if I if I at one time, I'll click one. I will see the speed of the network. I will see the duration, which is um, how long I've been connected. My decide I'll see wireless. Uh, the state will say whether it's enabled. Um, it'll tell me whether I'm using IPv4, or IPv6. Since we're not in Europe, most people are using Sent and it will also tell me the bytes received. I'll also be able to get things such as other details, such as uh, whether it's um, of your um, the MAC address of your Ethernet card. Maybe your uh, you filter, and you can't get onto the internet because you haven't entered the correct physical address or you don't know the address, and you have it. Now you could check it right there. And, Put it right in, and this way. Uh, by the way, if you Mac filter something, nothing work that's going to get into. There's nothing that's going to get past the the router because what's going to happen is not only sometimes you need passwords for that, but you're not going to be able to even if you know the name of the SSID in this case, you're not going to go anywhere because what's going to happen is the system is even going to listen to you. I'm not going to process anything you say. Okay? Not my That's my fault. So we will jump out of there. We'll go back to our control panel. And uh, we're going to talk more. I'm going to this another show, and there's a lot of information here. But I think it's important, and now that we move into Windows 10, I'm going to break the control some of the differences and how, how um, there's some similarities as well. So we're going to see that. You'll see it says view devices and printers. That's commonly used mobility settings. If I click on hardware sound, you're going to notice that the list, autoplay, sound, display, Windows Mobility, in my case, Biometric device, NVIDIA, Dolby Home Theater, I have that option. And I'm using some Lenovo options, such as Lenovo Microphone, Lenovo Fingerprint, Lenovo um, Protection, we talked about that, Lenovo Power Controls, and I also have a uh, HD Auto ma Audio Manager. So, first of all, I'm not going to every detail, but if you wanted to add a new printer, you come right up here to where it says add a printer. Now, this is that you're adding a printer that does not have a driver, and maybe you just need to add an IP and you want to connect locally, you can do that, and it will always try to scan your network first to make things really easy. So, what is the autoplay option? So, what the autoplay option does is pretty cool. When you use autoplaces, Play audio using what program? In my case, I think I'm using uh, using Power DVD 12. So it actually I do when this type of uh, uh, file is presented to the computer. 
if there is a what should I do? Um, if there is a DVD audio, what should I do? Okay. Um, if my iPhone gets connected, what should I do? I should not do anything. This is what we call the hardware. We call this the hardware autoplay feature. And what do I do to play these other media automatically? So when you stick the same thing, if you stick a uh, audio CD in, play audio CD the audio using this program. What we might rip is it takes the CD and actually converts it to files so then you can browse. Uh, should I play the audio? Should I rip it? Should I show the songs in iTunes? Uh, should I go at or should you every single time? So yeah, these are, I know these sound pretty straightforward, but I think it's important to talk about these because a lot of these things are like, why do computers do this? Why do that? It's doing that because there's something called a setting or a default setting. And a default setting is nothing more than a predetermined set of options that either you or the manufacturer, uh, the installer, have chosen that are making changes. For example, you might have heard me say, what's our default printer? Your default printer is the printer that you print unless you change it at print time. I go to Word and I print something. Oh, it's going to go to that printer. That's my default. Maybe I want to print it to another printer that's color instead of my black and white printer. I can change it. So what, my default printer might be my laser. I can turn it to my laser if I wanted to. Okay. So that's uh, that's a little bit hard because it's commonly used mobility. So this is handy. Um, you click on that right from the get-go in the beginning, or you could do it by clicking on the actual media for uh, the sound. And when you click on hardware and sound, you're greeted with Windows Mobility Center. In the Windows Mobility Center, you can adjust the brightness, the brightness turn the wireless network off, uh, external display. Uh, if there's any partnerships, uh, you can see them installed. Don't worry about it. You're not using it. Uh, are you doing any presentation, such as with a projector? You could turn that on. That kind of goes through how hardware works. Now, let's just say, for example, that you want to install program. You come right up here, and you go right to programs. But if you went to control and said, oh, gee, I forget where it is, you could just type uninstall, and you'll say, oh, program. I can click on it. And I will immediately be greeted with a list. Um, note that the list can be either uh, arranged by name, publisher, uh, installed, size, or version. So where it says name, um, I can choose to, uh, name. I can choose to sort it by publisher, installed by. Uh, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, this can take a, a little time to be. Seconds. I just did it by name. Okay. So by default, when I click it once, it's going to do it alphabetically. Remember that alphabetically numbers come before letters. So number one was the name of my program, something. So that came first, then Act, then Adobe. If I click it again, it will do it in the uh, reverse order, Z to A. Okay. Or in our case, Z to the number. Publisher, I can change. Uh, publisher, I can sort it. Publisher. If 
there's no, so I can do publisher Z. If I don't have the publisher listed, then that automatically goes before A. You know what? That's what I want. So click on install date, and you can see right there. And then, if you're not sure which way it's going, uh, you click right on, right on. Date range uh, earlier this week, last week, and I can pick that, and you can sort right from there. If you, then that filter is is not on anymore. Okay. So I think that's pretty easy. And all you would do, ladies and gentlemen, is you would just put on. Uh, and then it says, are you sure you want to remove this program? And you say yes, and then the program would, would uninstall itself. Uh, for example, I have uh, the option in Office. Now, let's say I was looking for Office. I can come to the top search bar, and I can just type in Office. So if I click on or I can click Change. If I click on Change, that's where I can do a quick repair, or I can do an online repair. Sometimes uh, Office has issues, and uh, so it become Repair is great, but sometimes you'll need a more involved repair, uh, which is where you need the online repair as opposed to just take a couple minutes. That could take 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, so that's how that works. Now, on the left-hand side, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to see something that says, um, does, and then turn Windows features on and off. Now, believe it or not, a lot of people don't understand that when you do not get Windows, uh, the game features, a lot of people don't install the game features by default. So I click on where it says turn a Windows feature on and off. I actually had, comes up with a little screen, it'll say turn Windows feature on and off. To turn a feature on, select its checkbox. Turn the feature off, search checkbox. So I still check box that only part of the feature is turned on. That is really, really uh, important uh, to understand. Still, only part of the feature. Um, is turned on. So, for example, a checkbox means the whole thing is checked. For example, I don't have games selected. I can click on the little plus next to games, okay, or click check. If I want to, let's say, pick a couple, you'll notice that my box will go from full check to um, actually a, um, which shows that it's partial. Okay, that's kind of how that works. So if I just check the option for games, I want to all those games um, on my computer. So again, uh, Windows games don't always install by default. If there are other features you need, for example, or you need the Telenet server, or you need a Telnet client, a lot of these features are included, and they're right in Windows 16-bit or You just have to go and actually use them. If you required SNMP, this is where you would go in. So this is a little bit different, ladies and gentlemen, than actually installing the program because and features, here's your programs. But when you go to turn a Windows feature on and off, that's different than installing a program. Turning a Windows feature does install software. But when we talk about installing or uninstalling a program, we're talking about a third-party program. Show up here. There's certain drivers won't show up. For example, brother will show up, but let's say um, there may be some drivers that are not going to show up here um, because they just they just not going to show up here. But a lot of them will. So I'm going to cancel out of that. So again, very, very simple to use, and where you can uninstall and change programs, and you can make your life really easy and get rid of things that you don't need. And you can take a look at these updates, check and.
it's installed properly, you can see like right now I just installed .NET 4.61. So you can go through and uh, so I'm we've talked about uh, the um, we've talked about programs, we've talked about features. features and I know Brian it's time for another break ladies and gentlemen you stay right where you are and hope you right got the break for IT services and data destruction the J Moore connection should be your direction engineer technology to grow your business our custom solutions are at your service J M O R should be your direction Episode 39, where we're talking about Windows and the because we're going to be talking about Windows 10 pretty soon. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk about Windows 7 since it's familiar to a lot of people. Also, people don't exactly find things. So if I could explain them well in Windows 7 and I can give you a baseline for things, when I start Windows 7, it's going to make a lot more sense. So, um, going down our list of things, we've covered a lot. We've covered security networks, programs, um, user accounts, and uh, family safety is going to be next. So, user accounts and family safety. Um, in Windows 7, we are still using what we call local accounts. In Windows 10, we have local accounts, which you can create. When you use which I it forces you to try to create an online account. Now, you can skip that, and we'll talk more about that on other shows, but you can skip that, and you just create a local account only. Why do you want to do that? Here's the pluses. Here's the minuses. First, let me tell you the minuses. Minus, when you create an account like that, you are vulnerable to sending all your information off to Microsoft and their third parties. They can expose you. Now they know about your preferences. And in our day and economy and age, it's all about knowing you, knowing your buyer. I can know what your buying patterns are. I can pretty much get you to buy almost anything. If I know what kind of products you use, also, again, I was in the course about marketing, but I just wanted to, to share that with you. So that's why I don't recommend it. The, uh, the, the password, and you didn't make a recovery disk. Well, if you did do the online, um, you know, account that it would work really, really easily because you'd be able to reset your password from your phone from That's why the password would not be stored local in your computer. It would actually be checking it from the internet. But things like in all your search issues, so all going to be sent to Microsoft. I know it seems very harmless, but I'm not crazy about. to be there. So let's talk about the user account and family safety. So we have something that says add or remove an account and set up parental controls for any user. So if I click on user account and family safety, I'm greeted with user accounts, parental controls, window card space, credential manager, manager excuse me, and uh, mail Microsoft Outlook 2016. So if I click on where it says user accounts, I have change account. That's pretty 
picture that you want. And then once you do that, you click on change picture, and that becomes your new picture. Click on the orb, you picture that so you right away. Um, add an account, you actually can add a remove account very, very easy. You just click on where it says uh, create a new account. It'll ask the name of the account. Typically, uh, there are people that will, um, they can use a lot of software, but they can't change settings. Um, and, uh, if they try to change any system settings, um, it's going to block them from changing settings to other users. So they can use system settings that do not affect other users. If it affects another user, then they're not going to be able to make those changes. Administrators have complete access to computers. They want uh, based on notification settings. Administrators can be asked to provide their password or confirmation before making changes that affect the other user. If you file, delete a folder, and you don't have access to it, guess what? You're going to be prompted for an administrator account before you can go forward. So that's pretty much that. If I click on the account, I can change the account name, I can change the password, remove the password, the parental controls, change the account type, or manage uh, the account type. So let's go into where it says set up parental controls. So, so if you want to apply parental controls, uh, you can create a new user account for them to use. So what happens is parental controls will allow things like times, uh, systems, and um, what it can do for you is it will literally allow you to have control over, um, let's say when minors, uh, they're logged on, maybe they have certain, like let's say they have certain time limits, so you can set time limits to control when a child is allowed to log on to the computer, how much time they spend on the computer. You can also set up uh, games, you can control access, you can use uh, based on the content they're viewing. You can allow or block specific programs. Um, so that's all part of anything like that. So it's all done by a basic rating system. Now, it's not going to rate every single website. We'll give you the flexibility and the power to control someone that you don't want to become, let's say, to go outside fresh air. And that's important. Um, it's going to be like a hidden um, computer is going to say your time is up. And they're going to be like, you need your time is up. And then they'll go away and they'll come back. Most people don't stay with it um, as long as it's not too restrictive. So, again, um, if your time for using your computer is up a day or two hours a day, and suddenly you're not getting anywhere. Let's maybe there's a project you need more time. You're kind of not sitting at the computer 24/7, and you're actually doing other things outside of the computer. So we're control. We're going with certain types of things. So we have the Windows card space management uh, used to uh, log on to online services. This is becoming uh, very, very popular. Uh, especially now with Windows and that you can basically add a card. And when you click add a card, you can create a personal card or you can click a managed card. Uh, and this can allow you to log into services online very quickly and very easy. Credential Manager. So the Credential Manager is a 
uh, in bold. So you can easily log on to computers or websites, um, and then you just you can click on the window. You type in the name of, uh, let's say, the site, the username, and the password, and uh, now it will remember um, what that site is using. Um, generic credentials. Do I want to add internet? I do want to do it by internet address, username, and password. So again, I'm not putting all your passwords into the computer. I don't think that's a great idea. And then you have um, Microsoft Mail. I have Microsoft Mail here user accounts. Well, because remember, um, Outlook is actually a type of user account. Here's And you can add other data files, okay, and you can also add additional email accounts without even launching Outlook. That's Outlook is the default, but you can add other ones. Let's say you had, um, for, let's say a public computer, and you had three people that are always using it. You could set it up so that it would prompt which user. In the office, might share, but they only check email, okay? They could log in, and once they log in, the uh, prompt which Outlook profile um, do they need to load based on who they are. So that's pretty easy. And so that talks about user appearances. We talked about family safety. So let's talk about appearance and personalization. So appearance and personalization is where we can change the theme. We can change the desktop background. We can change the window um, glass colors. We can change sound effects. We can change screensavers. And I know we're not going to finish this show um, with everything that I have to cover tonight because there's just so much. Um, we're going to probably finish up presentation and then we'll have to continue where we left off with um, more about display, gadgets, options, things like that. So under personalization, I can click on personalization, and I can pick my desktop theme, my member theme. Um, it doesn't just have to be a straight desktop that doesn't change. It can be a set of pictures that changes. Uh, like a screen, it's your background that keeps changing. So it's a way to kind of keep you on your toes. Uh, if you click on sound, you can actually choose my like a like once you pick on that particular sound, you can click on it and you can be prompted to to what that is. Here's device disconnect. Okay, you're probably very familiar with those sounds. They're pretty industry standard. Click on that and have my uh, screensaver. Now keep in mind that some screensavers have settings that I can change. So if I want something that is three text, I have the option to choose settings. I can pick um, time, or I can choose custom text. I can choose resolution. I can choose the motion, spin, wobble. I can do surface style, solid color, texture, reflection, custom reflections. Show uh, colors. I can choose. I can choose textures. Um, so very, very easy. And I can actually use files that I might have created or other files. I can change my display settings. Disable hardware 3D rendering if that's causing me a problem, or leave it alone. Now, where it says change power settings, I actually can go right through there, and that's where I can set up my power plan, and I can click right to the right of it, and that's when 
Um, for example, I have dim display never, turn off the display after four hours, but put the computer to sleep never. If it's plugged in, if it's on battery, then I have it set to do two minutes dim display, turn off the display of five minutes, and put the computer to sleep in 10. I give I love information tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And it looks like we're getting to the end of another show. This has been a great show. We're going to continue next Monday, and we will be changing our time. It uh, looks like we're going to be changing our time of the show. It might be November, probably before the holidays in December, but we do hear your feedback. I do have to run. It's been a great show. I hope you all have a great week. And uh, you're safe when it comes to technology. And we'll be happy to help you in any way we can. Just reach out for us at jmore.com. From all of us at the Jmore Connection Incorporated, we'd like to thank you for listening tonight and invite you to join us again next Monday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Be sure to tell your friends and associates about the Jmore Radio Show and call in live. Be sure to call us early next time so you can get on air too. The Jmore Connection. We're engineering technology to grow your business, and you can chat with us right now at jmor.com or call us at 800-208-5155. Thanks so much for stopping by, and have a great night. Good night, everyone. Have a great week.